shows, Whirly Pops, professional help in all types of audio engineering, passes to festivals, crazy parties, live band swag, all types of crazy people, our programming manager rides a motorcycle, there's freestyle rapping, Nardwar, the human serviette, the vinyl and record libraries, Discord or magazine, free studio recording, and it sure beats the hell out of Paperclip Club, which is a thing that I just made up because I work at CITR. So come check us out on the top floor of the Student Union building. We got all types of crazy shit for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca. Hey, I'm Christine. I work in the music department. Hi, my name is Natalie, the new media coordinator. Hey, it's uh, Rohi Joseph, sponsorship coordinator. Hi, this is Yusin. I'm the outreach coordinator. This is Brenda, host of Peanut Butter and Jams on Thursdays. Nasher, the ad coordinator at CITR. My name is Robin Ellum. I'm the program manager. Hi, I'm Eric Coates, the student music executive. This is Costa, the news director. Hey, it's John, the production coordinator. Hey, this is Josh. I'm the Digital Submissions Coordinator. I'm Nellie, host of The Cat's Pajams. This is Matt Granlin from Stranded, the Australian-Canadian Music and Talk Show. My name is Hugo. I'm the Volunteer Manager. Hey, I'm Jane. I'm the Volunteer Coordinator. Hey, it's Sarah Cordon-Lee from the CITR Music Department. This is Eleanor Waring, President of CITR Student Executive. From all of us at CITR, we would like to acknowledge and thank everyone who donated to this year's fund drive. With the help of listeners like you, we raised over $38,000. For this incredible generosity, we would like to say thank you. Thanks, you. Thank you for donating to FunDrive. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, we love you guys. Take it easy. Thank you so much for donating to FunDrive. Thank you. Your donation makes such a huge difference. Thank you so much for all your donations. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you all so much for your support. Thank you very much to everybody that donated for FunDrive. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for supporting this year's FunDrive. Thanks, guys, for volunteering and donating. Thank you so much for donating to CITR's Fun Drive this year. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. Hi, I'm Dan Hamhuis. On the ice, I play defense for the Vancouver Canucks. Off the ice, I've joined another team, the Canucks Autism Network, and I hope you'll join us for our family festival on Sunday, April 12th at Jack Poole Plaza. Enjoy live entertainment, food, and family-friendly activities as we celebrate World Autism Awareness Month. And best of all, it's free. So come out on April 12th and help spread awareness. To learn more, please visit canucksautism.ca slash support.
afternoon. It is Wednesday, April first. April Fools! <laughs> no, it really is. Yeah.、Uh, and we are tuned in to the Arts Report at UBC campus. Today, your hosts are me, Ashley, and welcome back. Yes, I am back.、Uh, my name is Jake, and I was away for a little bit, but、uh, but now we're in full swing. Rohit、mm-hmm. unfortunately couldn't be here today. But it's okay. We'll, we'll we'll try to carry on without him. This one's for you, Rohit, wherever you are. <laughs>、uh, we've got a, a jam-packed show today. We have、um, in studio some、uh, some special guests.、Uh, two poets,、uh, Gia Oeda and James Witwicky, will be with us in a few moments.、Um, and we also have an interview. Um, talking about a play in the city called Smackdown, not a play so much as a play contest that's、oh, happening this week. It's a contest, and we will hear more about that later in the show. We also are going to hear some songs,、um, some old songs that were recorded in the '70s in Langley, BC, and have been discovered and、um, re-released about ten or fifteen years ago, and、uh, we're going to share those with you. So. so. Some special songs, but don't go away. So stay tuned.、Mm-hmm. This is one of the shows you want to listen to the whole hour. Yeah, there's、so. a lot of important, like amazing content just waiting for you. All right. Well, the Thursday Writing Collective、uh, takes place from two to four p.m. in the downtown Eastside's Carnegie Community Center on the corner of Main and Hastings.、Uh, you might know it as a building with a really cool spiral staircase.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very nice one. Now, the collective is directed by Ellie Gardner,、uh, who some might know as one of the editors of V6A, a collection of poetry from the downtown Eastside that was published by Arsenal Press. Um, the classes, the Thursday Thursday Writing Collective, are free.、Uh, mm-hmm. They're open to anyone who wants to share their stories and to、um, and to create any bit of writing, no matter what their、um, level of literacy is or experience is. It's open to anybody.、Mm-hmm. Um, the collective offers a space for editing and sharing, collaborating, and they've produced several books which are archived by the National Library of Canada, and they're available in several local bookstores. Um, the the next project coming up is called Voice to Voice, and it、uh, pairs original、um, art song compositions with some of the poems,、um, and it puts together poets from the Writers Collective with some UBC composers.、Uh, the concert happens tomorrow、um, at the Roy Barnett. Um, music hall at UBC at 8 p.m., which is a free concert.、Mm-hmm. Um, and later in the month, at April 16th, it will happen、uh, downtown in the downtown east side at the St. James Anglican Church. And from the Thursday Writers Collective,、uh, joining us in the studio, we have、um, Gia Oeda and James Witwicky. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. And、uh, Ashley. Ashley. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Well, thank you,、uh, thank you very much for for taking the time to join with us.、Uh, Gia is a Lebanese-born Canadian poet.、Uh, she's been published online and in、um, Megaphone, as well as with her self-published、uh, chapbooks. And James Witwicky、um, is a Megaphone vendor and has also been published in Megaphone's Voices of the Street and 2010's、um, Hope in Shadows calendar. Well, thank you for for joining us. Yeah,、mm-hmm. pleasure to be here. When did you each get involved with the、uh, Thursday Writing Collective?、Um, Let me start with you. I started uh, in twenty、uh, twelve after I've taken the、um, 
a manuscript coaching project with a um, poet, um, Joanne Arnett, who uh, who had uh, done the um, who was um, uh, was through the SFU, and I came across um, some money, and I was the only person who was a member of Intrepid Pens and wasn't the um, it wasn't a member of um, the Thursday's Writing Collective at the time, so I started to do that. And uh, from that on, I went on and I published my own uh, my own self-published book called My Spiritual Journey, which I would uh, which I sell at twenty dollars a piece. Great a book, uh, and um, and my first uh, publication with the Thursday's Writing Collective was in uh, the Stanza Project. Unfortunately, last year with the lettering project, we did not have any publications because we were denied the publications. So the uh, money was uh, was divided on doing some uh, readings and the funding money, and we didn't get enough to to do to do any projects. We were going to do uh, uh, chat books, so I decided okay. I go right ahead and publish my own self-published, uh, make my own self-published chat box. And you will be published in the current project, the Voice to Voice project. I sure will be, and I have also got a uh, one of the poems that's uh, that's going to be published in the current Voice to Voice project. It will be performed to no- tomorrow night at a concert, and also in the, on the, the on the sixteenth, which is two weeks tomorrow night at the St. James uh, Anglican Church, which is right on the corner of, Cor- of Gore and Cordova, and it's right by Sunrise Market. That's right, yeah, uh, close to the Maine and Hastings area, just a few blocks away. Um, and James, when when did you get involved with Thursday Writing? I'm a relative newcomer to the Thursday's Writing Collective. <coughs> I started with them in October. And I was referred to them by a friend of mine from the PHS Community Services named Mariner Jaynes, who's also a published poet. Uh, he published a book called The Monument Cycles. Uh, so it's been, it's actually the first time I've been involved in a writer's group of any kind. Even I wasn't involved with the Megaphone writer's groups when I was submitting to Megaphone in the early part of this decade. <coughs> What uh, and what has it meant for for you to to join the collective? Well, the Thursday's Writing Collective and I could uh, has really uh, reactivated my writing. I I uh, went through a long flat period, probably a couple of years, where I didn't write any poetry, and uh, going to the group, uh, I can tell you a variety of ways that it does. It, uh, activate a writer's work is that we have you're surrounded by about at least 20 other writers you're listening to other people uh, respond to the writing prompt um, there's a little bit of the competitive blood that gets flowing you know oh I want to do something <coughs> like that or I want to be heard and um, and just the 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 physical act of writing in a group and under a little bit of pressure, there's a writing prompt and then you have to respond to it, um, has really helped me to get going again. Uh, I'll have three poems published in the Voice to Voice project and I'll have another new one coming out uh, in Megaphone Voices of the Street at the end of this month. So. Mm-hmm. Really good to hear. Well, perhaps we should, uh, we should hear a poem. 
Uh, Gia, it looks like you've got a poem <laughs> in front of you if you're if you prepared yeah. to share. Okay, shall I share the one that's going to be performed tomorrow night, or shall I uh, hold off on that one and um, because I because I will be sharing that one tomorrow night. Well, I, I'd love to hear it as a preview, and it, it could be a, I a can sample. Yeah. Well, I can hear. I can uh, share that as a preview. And the one thing before I said start about the poem is one thing I like about the Thursday's Writing Collective is I walk into the classroom. There's a prompt on the blackboard. And that helps me, uh, that helps get my creative juices ro- uh, rolling in mm-hmm. instead of, as a, and then, and then uh, out of these I can sort of put, uh, tuck it away for a few days and then uh, go home and then type it up and then send it electronically to LAN and from there I get, um, you know, I, I let her pick which ones. Um, where we're going to work on with the edits and there are times where we've worked on so many on so many with the uh, with the edits before December the 11th and on December the 11th what we did is we handed in the uh, a whole uh, we handed in a whole book a slew of poems to the uh, to the composers who have who have composed our uh, our uh, songs who have turned the uh, who have chosen the poems to turn into art song, and I'm really uh, trying to figure out, you know, and I'm really um, in for the surprise to see what they have done and how they have played in with it, and the uh, and the uh, one it's uh, it's but and uh, one of the prompts we had was called the soundtrack, mm-hmm. and I tried to write of it, and then I went and then I listened to some other people, and then I went home. And I put together that, and I came out with the soundtrack of Genocide, which would be this month, the um, 26th of this month, which commemorates the Armenian Genocide mm-hmm. and other genocides so in memory of the genocide. So I called it the soundtrack of genocide. Gia is prolific, by the way. She produces a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm going to read the I'm going to read it through once. Okay. I sat for hours pondering about the movie about burning buildings and people fleeing for their lives. I remember the story I was told about your people's genocide and how you had to flee on foot to hang onto life afraid. While the sounds of the guns and the high capacity magazines followed you killing the people behind you. You made me listen closely to the soundtrack of your people, that I will always remember the story and never forget it. I am honored you are my friend and confided in me. Your story is recorded and won't be forgotten. Wow. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that with us. Very Mm -hmm. powerful. Mm -hmm. What what do you think that... uh, poetry enables you to do when you're communicating other as as opposed to other forms of writing um it allows you to sort of free yourself from the uh free form as opposed to writing essays as opposed to writing a structure uh the writing structure in an english class it f- b- uh, gets you to turn off um um grammar it turn turn off uh, spell ch- uh, grammar check and spell check and so on and it gets you to uh, write in a form that uh, that you know uses the uh, 
a freestyle form of writing. I know uh, one of the people in my uh, in the poetry group, one or two of the people in the poetry group, there, they write in rhymes, and I love writing in rhymes. And and uh, also, I've been working on one of the poems that I have been working on. It's um, where I was writing in a sonnet, and um, and Ali said she's never written a sonnet before. Or she's never uh, she never knew anything about a sonnet before, so I've, I've worked on a poem in a sonnet as well, and uh, and the thing is because when you write f- when you write freely, what it does it uh, sort of connects with the it it sort of connects with the audience of what you're writing, and uh, and people want to hear and want to hear and read poems. That really connect uh, connect with their audience. That draws on their emotion. That draws on some emotion. That draws on some. Um, <coughs> that draws on some. The, uh, touches on the heart. Touches on the emotion. Touches on um, stuff that uh, can be true. It, it can be a true story. And sometimes um, you can write a poem which can fictionize um that uh, fictionize a bit the, the truth or give a humor bit to the truth that's what it is yeah truth comes through in the poems in a different way in sort of a way that can resonate perhaps um that that doesn't come across in the same way in in other formats is that mm-hmm. is that the same for you Jane well uh, Gia mentioned uh, connecting with the audience and i think that's a huge mm-hmm. uh, part of it po- poetry is very emotional and it and it tends to provoke a lot of emotion. And I, when you uh, know that your audience is with you, uh, and that you can you can sort of know while you're working that there's going to be, without being too artificial about it, uh, that there's going to be a strong emotional response. And especially in our community, uh, people are very receptive to poetry. So it's uh, it's just a win-win for us. You mentioned the community. Why do you think um, poetry in... Well, a, a lot of what I've read um, with V6A or, or with other uh, writing project um, or writing collective projects or similar projects is that the location plays such a central theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you think it is about poetry in, in the downtown east side that, that really resonates? Well, I think <coughs> it's a combination. I mean, I think in, in a very diverse community, it, it tends to be a little bit more accessible. But then there's also people like Bud Osborne, who uh, had a tradition of writing sort of a protest poetry. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he's, he, he and others like him have sort of uh, laid the groundwork um, for, uh, for, uh, for us so that... Uh, just a lot of people in the community on, on different levels are very receptive to, to hearing poetry. Well, w- would you like to share a poem now with us? I'd love to. Um, this w- and this one was based on a co- like a, an assignment from Ellie to, for us to write about music and transformation for, book, for poems that are going in the book. And it's called Mademoiselle Butterfly. A blue butterfly, vivid, electric, Cobalt blue sits on a branch, waiting. Her black-trimmed wings are erect, motionless, absorbing tropical sunshine, drying. She is as brand new as a butterfly can be, patiently waiting. A timpani begins in the precise staccato strokes of several violins. 
At last her wings descend, then rise, then fall, then rise again. All around her others of her kind join in, an hypnotic rhythmic dance. Oboes, horns, flutes, and piccolos rise to a crescendo, joining drums and violins, echoing encouragement to a force of nature. As the symphony reaches an anticlimax, a cobalt blue cloud rises in contrast to the lush forest green and the azure sky. How perfect is this crowd of beings, how visceral their urge to move. They spread out like a storm, she somewhere in the middle, as choral notes enjoin and cheer them on. The universe hums in unison and the open sky remains open. Thus begins a monumental migration, a secret and rare explosion of life. Long after the musicians are exhausted and the singers' throats are dry, she will continue, driven by the same primal urges that make the symphony real, carried forward by love and by need and by desire, just as we. Thank you. Thank you. That was very, very vivid imagery. Really nice. Poetry is such a, mm-hmm. a a tender medium, and mm-hmm. and um, the well, especially the mm-hmm. Thursday Writers Collective is coming out of a very rugged sort of area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned that you you went on a you had a dry spell where you weren't writing for for a long time. What prompted you to to return to to writing? Well, it's kind of a development. I had struggled with mental illness and, and alcohol and drug abuse, and I, I stopped doing drugs and alcohol about three years ago. And uh, oddly enough, that kind of cuts out one of the modes of inspiration <laughs> for poetry. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and then I had a me- some mental health issues and started on the, a good mental health medication, but I found that I was just quite flat. And as I gradually started to re-engage and... and be more active, you know, in my social life, there was always that thing that I wanted to go, uh, you know, to get back into writing poetry. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Thursday's Writing Collective was the catalyst for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I think about that, uh, with the, like, reading and writing of the people on the downtown east side mm-hmm. or people who live or have access or uh, access services on the downtown side, I say it's the one thing that really binds the people on the one on the downtown east side, and uh, so doing writing creatively and getting the poems out is the one thing telling telling people of the struggles of the people living on the downtown east side, because a lot of people on the downtown side go through through a lot uh, through a lot of struggles, mm-hmm. uh, through a lot of um, emotional struggles, and uh, for them. To, to start writing, to do that, it's a way of uh, sort of healing, healing their emotions. There might be um, certain areas where certain, or certain prompts where they can uh, come down on it and they, um, you know, or they can either write freely and make the prompt whatever they want, or sometimes they can just shut down completely and... Uh, decide to write something uh decide to write something else or they have prob- problems with the prompt where they they can't write about the prompt 
then they can uh, decide to do whether uh, they decide to make it work with whichever way they they want to make it work. Yeah, they can make a poem or a story or a fiction or a nonfiction or list it uh, in whichever way they see fit with the prompt or make it work whatever way they like to to make it from, uh, work because um, there's no there's no right or wrong. It's just. Uh, Get you know, get the pen working. Get get the writing block out of uh, the out of your uh, brain and uh, and uh, start let the let the juices, uh, the creative juices flow. Uh, shut off the editing block until either you put uh, the pen uh, the pen down or until the uh, session is over and go and then you go home and sleep over it for a few uh, for a night or two and then come. And then, and then uh, start, um, you know, get on your computer or get the pen and start re rewriting the poems or get on your computer and start typing in the poems on, um, on the computer and then send them electronically to the um, editing co uh, collective. And then from there, then uh, they, they complain in... Then they may have some questions about uh, some of the poems they have, what happens next, and so on. And sometimes you might be able to say, "Okay, I'll have to think over over this uh, for uh, for a while longer, and I may have to add to it." So you think about it, you add to it, because by me having given this so many, I wish I could have more than just three. Um, in the in the voices voice books, but um, one one of the members said uh, three. Uh, how about three per person? Be maximum three per person. I th I said to Ali, well, I wish I could put more. And she said, yeah, I know, I know, because I you know, I write like I've given so many. I've written I've I've written so many, and I type them in my computer, and I have a file uh, called Voice to Voice. And she said, well. You can make a chat box of the other books, and I said, "Well, that in that case, I can uh, I can keep adding if I'm going to make a chat box." And uh, you mentioned what was the name of the chat box that which you've self-published? Um, I have self as uh, one called uh, uh, one. I don't. I didn't give it a name. Just poems. Mm -hmm. uh, one is uh, poetry of hope, and my latest is, is this is just to say letters. You know, I don't have the chat books on me, but I do have the book that I've self-published. It's called My Spiritual Journey, and it's like 109 pages wow. long. Well, perhaps we should, uh, if if you've got another poem to share, we could we could hear another. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, this is a word that was given by a, a close friend of mine, and this one's for you, Patrice, if you are listening. Dragonfly, a dragonfly of melody, perching on musical lines and resting between the sounds of each note. A dragonfly in the field, flying over scented flowers, drinking in sweet nectar as it continues on the journey. Mm. Oh God, it's all good music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nice <laughs> musical backing. Is it our song? <laughs> No, it's my cell phone. <laughs> my husband. We can leave it in as um, background music. Mm -hmm. Now, when you work on your poems, is it always clear when um, 
when the editing process is, is ready or when a poem is finished? Or, or how do you navigate that? Uh, I, I've never been really subject to editing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I usually try to make it. I, I, write it, I, write it the first, I write it the first time, I write it the second time. And honestly, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ellie or uh, the editors at Megapoem might change a word or two or do something with punctuation or spelling. But I haven't been. And it, in a way, it's kind of. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing some more some longer pieces where I can get into the editing <coughs> process especially you know that Ellie is such a great resource for that and is that is that the same for you as well um uh yes and uh, it's the same it's the same for me sometimes uh sometimes I have to go back and uh, work on uh, some old poems that I have written because I've written some in the 1990s, and I started writing uh, limericks or lyrics when I was 13, 14 years old in uh, high school, and uh, because when we had a class of uh, of lyrics, and I wrote down some lyrics in my notebook, and that was the time before the computers, and my mother, being my mother, uh, she would rip off the the old school work from the year before because she said she didn't want it to accumulate, and because it would sit there collecting dust, and she did that almost every uh, every year by the end of the school year, and before the start of the new school uh, of the next school year. So, so I started like with uh, like uh, small poems, which are the limericks, because when we had uh, donors uh, coming, yeah, when we had to do like thank you limericks uh, on the on the cards. So what we did, uh, we uh, wrote uh, like about 16, 20, and made a little chapbook of a limerick called Thank You Limericks. Mm. And, then, and then what I did uh, during the um, uh, Heart of the City Festival, which was down at the uh, public library, the, big, uh, the, the one on Georgia Street, the Vancouver Public Library, main library, I, I had them out, and they said, oh, those are cute, uh, cute little booklets. I've done, like, about 25, 30 uh, copies, and I thought, okay, because, uh, because I can give something out. And uh, when I uh, looked at other tables, they had something that picture they can give out, and we didn't have any as the Thursday Collective to give out except for, for our brochures. So I thought, okay... Maybe I can give those out freely for whatever they can get, uh, whatever they can donate, and that way, like we can raise, uh, we can raise some money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you have another poem uh, that you'd like to share with us, Jane? Yeah, th- and this one is uh, came uh, kind of like the writing prompt. I got a, a prompt from the newspaper, and this one will be published in Voices of the Street at the end of April. Mm. The question. To be or not to be? Good question. And how many Canadian men and youth are asking it? Perhaps better to follow Joseph Conrad's Lord Jim, who in his crisis wondered how to be. Or why be? Every day this question is asked by soldiers, by former professional hockey players, by Aboriginal youth, and by many divorcees. Why be? Because you matter because you are loved, because you are too young and too strong to ever call yourself washed up or a loser or abandoned or a failure, because you are beautiful and important, 
because we love you. So remember, in your darkest, loneliest, most hopeless moments, please just continue to be. Please be. That was a really powerful poem. Yeah. Both of you guys are very powerful poets. <laughs> and Jackie Wong at Megapoem wanted me to mention that when the, the Voices on the Street comes out at the end of April, uh, there will be vendors across the city that will be uh, selling that book on the co street corners, especially at uh, Commercial and Broadway, jo uh, Granville and Hastings, and Robson and Howe. <coughs> and are you, you're a megaphone vendor as well? I don't or really, I, I'm, in name I'm a megaphone vendor, <laughs> but, but I, I don't place. actually do, <laughs> I'm not that patient about standing outside for long periods of time with this, but I have done it with the Hope and Child's calendar and with megaphone. And I've also, they don't really want us to go into businesses anymore, but I used to, especially in Gastown, use the calendar and the, and the, uh, megaphone voices on the street as an entree to many different businesses that I wanted to try and connect with successfully <coughs> on a couple of occasions. Good. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks very much for, for coming in and sharing your poems with, with both of us mm -hmm. um, today. Mm -hmm. uh, Gia, your poems will be uh, well, tomorrow on, dis well, on display, I guess, and in performance um, at the... Mm -hmm at the Roy Barnett Music Hall. Um, that is correct. And uh, and the one thing I did does uh, some of the poems that are not going into the um, into the Voice to Voice project. I was thinking of sending them off to uh, the uh, to the event magazine of uh, the Douglas College in New Westminster since the upcoming um, the upcoming editor, Joanne Arnett, has asked me to send her some of my poems, and I, when I ran into her, told her that um, I will send her some uh, some of the poems, but I actually was holding off a bit mm -hmm. to see exactly what was going in the book so that I'm not stepping over toes. How, how, do, you, um, how do you feel about uh, your, your poems? You don't know what they sound like yet. The art song sounds mm -hmm. like tomorrow will have be... Have you guys rehearsed with them or not yet? Uh, we have not yet rehearsed oh, with them. That's cool. And uh, we will be rehearsing um, uh, tomorrow mm -hmm. at, uh, from uh, 2 to 4 at the uh, regular time of the Thursday's Writing Collective. Mm -hmm. And then and then after that, we will be writing 6.30, so I'll be grabbing a dinner at the Carnegie before that. <laughs> and we'll, so we'll uh, be writing down to, uh, to the campus on... Uh, um, by the Carnegie van, mm -hmm. and uh, because of the construction, it might take a little bit longer if I decided to come on the on the bus because I've seen all the construction going there around. There's a lot of construction at UBC, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, now. sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ellie Kralji Gardner, who's the director of the writing, Thursday's Writing Collective, asked me to mention Laura Barron from Instruments of Social Change and Rena Sharon from UBC, who was the one that originally had the idea mm -hmm. for this collaboration. Mm -hmm. So the Thursday's Writing Collective being there was a was a you know an attraction for somebody to come and approach mm -hmm. us and say, "Let's do this." So that's another good reason for its existence. Mm -hmm. 
Well, mm-hmm. ag- again, one thank you very much for for sharing your poems with us. And mm-hmm. tomorrow, hopefully, people come down uh, to see the the free concert at eight p.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The concert consists of ten poets and eleven poems. Uh, ten, po- uh, ten poets will be reading their individual poems, and we have picked an, uh, a poem for, for each concert to read uh, the collaborative Thursday's collective poem called Drop the Beat. Well, and the concerts are free. They are mm-hmm. free. So yeah. we'll be free of charge. Please tell all your friends to come down and watch, uh, and watch us perform. Tomorrow night at 8 p.m. at the Roy Barnett uh, Hall or uh, April 16th at 8 p.m. at the St. James Anglican Church. Definitely. And yeah. we'll have a link to that on our Facebook page yes. as well. Uh, the link is already on the Facebook. There is a uh, Facebook uh, There is a Facebook page for Voice to Voice mm-hmm. done by a lady named uh, Donna Dykeman who is also have a... Uh, a poem that's going to be published into an art song, and uh, and if you go to the uh, to the uh, Facebook page and uh, search "Voice to Voice," it's on the uh, it's already on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Perfect. We'll make sure to link it. Well, thank you again so much. Thanks for having us. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for coming in.
right, welcome back to the Arts Report. Hello, everybody. You're with Jake and Ashley on the Arts Report. Here we are. Now, that last song, there's a chance that if you grew up in Langley, B.C., you might recognize uh, that track. The Langley Schools Music Project put out an album called Innocence and Despair, which was recorded in a high school gym in 1966 and 67 by uh, an a first-year music teacher, <laughs> Hans Finger. Um, and so they're really kind of haunting sounds. Yeah, hey? it's kind of like, it's a little creepy, but also kind of cool at the same time, like all these like, kids. And then you're thinking now, okay, those are kids, but now they're like full-grown adults. Like, how do they feel about this? Well, VH1 uh, did a documentary about it uh, about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, and so there's a good chance that people listening may be in it or may <laughs> know someone who was in it. Um, but it's really cool because there's all these really kind of haunting old choral takes on pop hits. They do the Beach Boys, uh-huh. they do David Bowie, they do Fleetwood Mac, as, as you just heard. That was Rhiannon. I know that you're a big fan of that song. <laughs> um, I like Fleetwood. What, what's cool about that is that in the early 2000s, uh, a, ca- a community radio DJ mm-hmm. found the album, which was just sort of pressed to distribute among all the participants. Uh-huh. Um, and he discovered it and said, wow, this is amazing. And um, they sort of, they he, he shared it and mm-hmm. um, Bar None Records reissued it about 10 years ago. Um, and what's cool is that CITR is in the process mm-hmm. of digitizing all of our old reel-to-reels, all of our um, over 75 years of, of recording and, and everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've got a feeling that um, if you're, well, if as we're going through our reel-to-reels, <laughs> uh-huh. we're into something good. Part of the Langley Schools Music Project, uh, send us an email at arts at citr.ca and yeah, we want to hear from you. Like, what was it like doing it? You know, back then, and what's it like? You know, hearing yourself like now, I guess. You sound good. I know David Bowie has heard it uh, and mm-hmm. the version of Space Oddity they did, and he had some very favorable things to say. So. <laughs> Funny hearing kids say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Smackdown is a, um, a play, well, a, a play contest, a musical theater contest. Play musical theater contest. That's right. It's happening this weekend, and I talked to two of the participants uh, in it earlier today, and I'd like to play that for you. Smackdown, the 24-hour musical theater contest, is a contest where teams are pitted against each other to create a blue ribbon winning play that takes home the grand prize 
of of five hundred dollars, and Awkward Stage Productions will expand it and put it into a play. So joining me in studio are Andy Toth, the uh, artistic director for Awkward Stage Productions, as well as Nick Preston, who is the team leader for the Chekhov Skis, and uh, that is one of the teams participating. And he is a recent graduate of UBC Theater. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Good afternoon. All right, so uh, Andy, I'll start with you, but can you tell us a little bit about um, about what SmackDown is? Uh, SmackDown is a no-hold-barred contest where we pit five teams of uh, aspiring music theater writers uh, against each other in, uh, in a sort of a, a fight to um, the point of exhaustion. Um, and what we want to do is we want to get people writing uh, an original completely original 20 minute musical at minimum 20 minute musical within the span of 24 hours we've uh, approached the generous and very welcoming folks at arts umbrella about giving us space to use their granville island studios for 24 hours and uh we lock people in we tell them to leave their preconceptions at the door and uh and we really try and uh, work it out in space try and get you know several musicals developed in space so just to get an idea of this, we're, we have teams that are stuck inside of a, of a building for 24 hours and they can't leave until they produce a 20 to 25 minute uh, musical play. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like that. They could leave. They just wouldn't be allowed back in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've got to be really, really clear that we're not actually holding people here against their will. Okay, uh, yeah, but, <laughs> but that would disqualify them from, <laughs> from the performance. Okay. It would indeed, yeah. Um, and and Nick, uh, Nick, tell us about your involvement and and how how you're feeling going into this into this event. Uh, I'd say as a team, we are terrified but excited. Um, we took a group of UBC students, which isn't necessarily known as the musical theater stronghold in the Lower Mainland. Capilano tends to Capilano has a, a great musical theater program, but as UBC students, we were taught um, in a very text based structural manner so we wanted to use that skill set a knowledge of classical text and really put up a fight against all these kids from cap and elsewhere in this city um so what we have done is gathered a fantastic collection of different writers dramaturges people who study classical text and performed it and then combined it with some of the city's best musicians and individual performers who we hope can uh, really bring that to life Okay, and do you do you talk with your team about what what you think you might create um, beforehand, or is this all an organic, uh, strictly within the twenty four hour, um, you know, constraints? Well, we really wanted to uh, kind of live in the spirit of the competition and and play it by ear. I know a few of the other teams seem to have uh, done a little more thinking beforehand, but that's not really our style. Um, we definitely have some ideas. We have some theatrical conceits we've played with. In terms of the actual story, though, we have left it completely up in the air, um, basically telling everyone to, to be thinking of ideas to pitch, whether that is chosen off the start, whether it comes around later in the process and kind of helps to further develop a character or part of the storyline, then we'll see. But um, we are absolutely a blank slate going in. Okay. and uh... It's going to be... It'll be to people's advantage, uh, you know, it'll be to people's, to, to teams' advantage to have given this some pre-thought. Um, and it will be of people to people's disadvantage to have given this some pre-thought. We 
in order to stay within the spirit of the competition, we do have elements that we are actually going to be forcing all of the teams to use within their structures so that they, and they don't know when those elements are coming. Uh, we're going to be throwing wrenches at them throughout the 24 hours that actually have to be incorporated into their pieces. So at so the, at the 11th hour, you can hand them a requirement that they didn't know that they had. Yeah, or even at the 23rd. <laughs> <laughs> and and what, what, what sorts of things might we expect from that? Uh, well, I could tell you. But then I would have no. It, it it really it really could be anything. It could be anything related to character. It could be anything related to plot. We could throw them um, uh, some physical parameters that they have to use. We could throw them, you know, a set piece. None of these are actually being used, by the way. But it, it could. I mean, theater is just a reflection of life. So really, any element that would actually upset anything that you've planned for your day, we could throw at these people that they would have to use. Now, I also want to talk about another component. Um, part of SmackDown is uh, a fundraiser for for awkward uh, awkward stage productions, and um, it's the Hungry Games. Is that right? That's right. And so, as the Hungry Games, not only are competitors staying up for twenty four hours to create this this musical piece, they also are only offered bread and water uh, except for fans who want to give send them power-ups that's right so what um so what how, how does that work uh people can go to awkwardstageproductions.com uh and click through to the teams that are listed there so if you go under current productions uh you'll be able to find all of the teams listed there including these uh lovely Chekhovskis. and you can as fans of the team buy them power-ups you can also look at the other teams that they're all listed there and um the power-ups are things like uh, a traveler of coffee or a tray of sandwiches or um things like um uh pillows <laughs> you can buy them things that can support their process and also maybe support their rest and there are a handful of power downs uh, one of my favorites which is still up for grabs is that you can buy uh, the necessity for any other team to actually listen to Kenny G loudly <laughs> for 30 minutes while they're trying to produce their piece. I will say we've been threatened uh, very specifically with that challenge, so I believe it's coming our way. <laughs> awesome. Well, Nick, you're facing these challenges. You're facing the physical task of, of staying awake for 24 hours and being on the peak of your creative game. You're also um, looking at perhaps only bread and water and unless people send you some power-ups. Uh, how, how does it feel going in? Uh, we feel pretty good. We uh, decided to have a fundraiser last week, both as a way to raise some money to buy some of these uh, food power-ups and as a way to get a get a chance to really meet each other, know how we work, and we did one little uh, warm up as our uh, little warm up for the piece. I split the group of us into two teams, gave them each a Cosmo magazine, and told them to write a song using an article they found in there. So each team had 20, 20 minutes for that production. Uh, they each came up with a pretty good song, so I think it gave us a lot of confidence that we can do it in twenty four hours. Um, and then with that, we made. We made 150 bucks there, which was enough to buy us three things of coffee, one fruit tray, and one set of donuts and Timbits. Um, <laughs> we have a couple other donations. One was a sushi platter. But um, we're going in pretty bare. But, I mean, you know, 
you can live a long time on bread and water. And now that we have Timbits, I think we'll be just fine. And I guess uh, as recent university grads, everyone knows that too. <laughs> knows <laughs> staying up late and, you know, eating eating craft dinner or whatever. Well, I will say some of our some of our performers specifically have uh, expressed a willingness to maybe maybe sleep on the side for a little more of the early on process and really show up at the end as the powerhouses they are. We'll see what we do. We may uh, force them to stay up all night and keep working too, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> now the Tchaikovskys, um, they that's your team. Your uh, what is your anthem? What is our anthem? I believe in our initial submission we said uh, we are the champions in barbershop just because uh, we, we wanted to go in confident. And, and at the time of application, we actually only had uh, three of us, myself, my director, Sarah Harrison, and my musical director, Sam DeBruz, and all UBC grads. Um, one, one studied music, two of us studied the BFA acting. Um, but with that confidence, I think we were able to convince some really good people to join our team. And once really good people started joining, other really good people were also interested in joining. So that's how we were able to form such a formidable group of people. And in that same spirit, you're, um, you, you write on the page that we will not settle for mediocrity. And you, you state that your animal, uh, your animal, your team animal is a caterpillar because... <laughs> you have not yet to show your full colors. Yeah, I think, I mean, most people in on our team and in our group and, and in my age group in this city haven't really had the chance to play on a major stage in Vancouver. Um, there's some of the best work in the city is being done in the smallest theaters, and it's really unfortunate. But a lot of these people are, are going to be given a chance to be seen in, on a big stage, and hopefully they're recognized for their work. And if the show is a success and ever did on, go on to be developed, then that's the um, that's the butterfly we can be. Now it it's, it, it's it sounds really why. Sorry, I just want to add, if I could, there that um, it's really why awkward stage exists in the first place. Like we we developed this company in order to uh, address exactly that issue, where we have very talented people with um, a fairly small availability of really significant opportunity. And so that's why we're, that's why we developed it as a company. And we think that this is a great way to have a lot of fun, have a bit of a fundraiser with the project. Um, and also to, uh, to continue our promise of developing this talent and giving this talent really significant opportunity. Uh, when you talk about development, the, the winning, um, musical will be developed further. What kind of shape will that take? Uh, what we're going to do is uh, will be similar to what we're currently doing with our um, Titus, uh, the light and delightful musical comedy of Titus Andronicus. Um, we're working with that, developing it over about the span of a year, um, giving it two workshops within that time frame, and uh, really just nurturing the writers as that developed. We've also commissioned the writers, so the writers are each getting paid to write this production for Awkward Stage, and uh, the writers are free to license that out um, after the the production is done. So, and one of the writers is on our team. Indeed, yeah. Andrew Wade. Yeah. And and that team, uh, the the Chekhovskis, it seems like we can expect a lot out of them. But have you um, have you had a chance, Nick, to scope out any of your opponents, and and do you know what to expect from the other teams? Uh, I do a little bit. One of the one of the other team leads happens to be in as um, in the production I'm currently walk, working on, Dogfight, which is Aqua Stage's next show coming up, and 
working with that company is how I heard about this in the first place. Um, I know he's got a different strategy a little bit. They've got a much smaller team than us. We have a full, uh, we have a 14 person team. 15 was the max. I think he's about seven or eight, uh, three or four are really good actors. And then some really good musicians to kind of build a full rock score. Um, he's a great performer. I have no doubt. Uh, so we'll see. I think, uh, if there is some major competition, it's going to be between us two. I don't think we're going to jump on any of the power downs just because we don't actually think they're a huge advantage to us to use. But uh, if we have any chance to heckle, it'll definitely be going at him. Well, <laughs> perhaps I'll give you that chance right now. Do you have any uh, messages of, of warning or 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 any smack uh, as this is SmackDown? Do you have anything to send to, to any of your opponents? Oh, God. Well, I definitely heard one of the teams has a set of puppets already built. And though they are not being allowed to bring them into the competition, I hope they, uh, I, I hope their puppets are, uh, can speak louder than they do because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's good. No, I, I like that. Good burn. We're theater people. We work together. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps on Sunday we'll see a little bit more of the competition. Um, and so the the show on Sunday, April 5th, is at the Orpheum Theatre Annex. Um, That's right. And I know that tickets are $15 for students, $20 for, uh, I believe it's $20 for non-students and non-seniors. Yep. Non uh, but you can also have access to a window of the rehearsal space for two hours if, if you choose. That's right. So you get to be a fly on the wall in the space if you want to come down for a couple of hours. Uh, and uh, sit in and watch it happen. And there are also 24-hour passes where you can actually come in and have the rather dubious honor of floating around for the entire 24-hour period to see what transpires. And perhaps... now one thing I'm dis... Go ahead. I was going to say, one thing I'm disappointed by is that uh, we were hoping one of those 24... Or sorry, the two-hour window passes could be purchased for someone to go in and heckle one of the other groups. Unfortunately, <laughs> the uh, executive director has decided that will not be permitted. A little disappointing, but we'll see for next year. Although per <laughs> perhaps you could, in the audience, see the fruits of a power down if you wanted to purchase a power down for the two-hour window. Is, is that something huh. that could happen? Absolutely. You can go in and watch them try and create new music to Kenny G. I think that's a fantastic <laughs> idea. Great. Well, thank you both for taking the time to talk with us uh, this afternoon. Andy, thank you for telling us about Awkward Stage Productions. And, and Nick, best of luck in the competition. Thanks thank so much. All right. And that kind of concludes our show. That's uh, that's all she wrote, folks. Mm -hmm. And just so people know, April, it is National Poetry Month, and this is not a prank. It is National Poetry Month. Is, so, it, is it national or international? Oh, I don't know. I think it's national. But, uh, you know, April just started. This is your chance. Go do something poetic. Might I recommend the concert tomorrow? Yes, so tomorrow at um, 8 p.m. at UBC School of Music, and um, later in the month at the St. James Anglican Hall. Uh, Anglican Church. <laughs> um, all right. Well, stay tuned for um, Arts on Air. 